Okay. I'm going to stand up for this. <clears throat> Push my chair away from my desk. was so much more effort than this book deserves yeah i, I just really i just thought i'd give oh my god <laughs> hey Hoshi. you're fucking welcome Hoshi, fuck you <laughs> hi i'm sarah and welcome to tan 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 with we are finally at the end and at this point fucking good riddance get out of get out of here get out of here what a bummer <sighs> what a bummer i'm Janos. Uh, this Hi, book Anna. sucks. <laughs> this book really sucks. Like, <sighs> this actually, this was one of the only Tintins that I owned for a while. Uh huh. Presumably because we went into the shop and it was the only one there, obviously because no one fucking wanted it. <laughs> and I didn't, I thought it was a really, really early one for like ages. Like, it was on my bookshelf, it was beside Blue really? Lotus and the Broken Ear. And you read it and you're like, oh, this is a sequel to The Broken Ear. It must go beside oh, it. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess it is. And so I just assumed it was a really early one. And that was why it was like a bit just like, eh, whatever. But no. That's why it's not good. This, this no. is end of the line. And it took him... This is Tintin and the Picaros. Um, it was the final completed Tintin book. Uh, Erge wrote this eight years after the last one. Uh, I mean, I hope and... he had fun doing nothing for eight years, you know? Because <laughs> he very clearly doesn't give a shit about Tintin. <laughs> Tintin yeah. is barely in this book. <laughs> T- yeah, like... There's like 15 pages where he's just like, no, I'm not coming with you for your adventure. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chill. Fair enough, my guy. In Marlin's Pike. You go on your... And honestly, that's where the book should have ended. Like, it just... Yeah, it just dies with Tintin as he has like a... Goes and sits in a cafe. This is... I mean, this is honestly like... It's just so sad to read this. Like, this is... This is... You, you're just reading someone just, like, completely giving up disillusion by his own work. I mean, the thing is, it's kind of... Like, there are good bits. Like, it is, like, well done. You know, like, there's sequences... Where, you know, the drawings are good, the sort of bits and slapstick are, like, reasonably well executed. Yeah. It's just, like, all completely, like, why? Why? It just... Shall I summarize it? nothing. And then we can talk about specifics. Because... I'm gonna be real, listeners. We we don't really want to talk about this book, as you can tell. So (laughs) I'm gonna speed run through the plot. We'll talk about a few things... And then yeah, we'll mostly... we're gonna talk about a few things, but it's not. I just can't muster up the energy to go through the individual bits in this book because nothing happens in it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So the things that do happen in this book are. 
General Alcazar, our friend, remember him? He's trying to do a revolution again, and because he's friends with Tintin and the gang, they then get accused of being involved in his revolution. Castafiore and the Thompsons end up getting arrested, and there's this sort of like defamatory press war between Haddock and Tapioca, at the end of which Haddock gets invited to come visit Tapioca as a guest, which is like clearly a trap, but then Haddock and Calculus go anyway, and then they sort of get imprisoned in this swish modern villa. At some point, Tintin shows up, and then Pablo from like Broken Ear or fucking something shows up and helps them escape. Actually, he was a traitor and it was a plan to get them killed, except no, wait, they actually do escape anyway, and now Tintin and the gang are in the jungle with Alcazar's revolutionaries, who are the Picaros. The Picaros are all drunk all the time because Tapioca keeps airdropping crates of Loch Lomond whiskey into the jungle. And also, there's been this side plot happening this whole time where Haddock can't stand the taste of alcohol anymore, and it turns out that Calculus develops these anti alcoholism pills that he'd been testing on Haddock, and then he offers to use those anti alcoholism pills on the Picaros, but only if Alcazar agrees to do his revolution without killing anyone. And he ends up agreeing and then they steal a bus from a bunch of carnival tourists who just randomly drove into the middle of the jungle. They dress up in the costumes, dance their way into the palace of San Theodoros and take over the government. Job done. Also, we rescue the Thompsons and Castafiore. God bless. I mean, it sounds like theoretically things happen in the book, but like none of them yeah. really matter. From the description, it doesn't sound that bad. Uh, it is just so completely joyless. There's just no... You know what, actually... A lot of it is... This is this is the first... I think this is one of the very, very few times doing this podcast where I was actually, like, struggling reading one of these. Like, I had to force myself to push further because there was so little interest in what's happening. Yeah. Like, even the even the worst ones, like, the ones that are, like, at the bottom of our list, there was at least some sense of momentum, even if they were, like, ideologically rancid. I was just gonna say, like, the even for Herge, like, the setup of this is just really lazy. Like, you open the first page, yeah. and then Tintin looks into the camera and tells you the plot. Yeah, the setup is, I mean, and it's the most, the most recycled thing that it can be. Like, he's just, like, he just doesn't want to come up with new things, so he's like, okay, here's this character, and like, I guess they can, they, I guess they have Castafiore, um, kidnapped or whatever or held hostage uh because that's another character you remember from tintin um and the bordurians are also involved because that's the thing you remember from tintin yeah fucking pablo's here remember him pablo's him but he turned heel why like literally everything we in this don't book know that happens if you were just like it, you just think about it for one second and you're like why would that happen like why would Haddock ever go to a thing that is clearly a trap? Why would a bus just show up in the middle of nowhere? Why would... Like, why... Why anything? Why does Haddock go? Yeah. And Tintin... Like, it's it's the... Usually it's... It's... it's it's This has... Tintin has never done this before. Tintin has never been like when Had, Haddock wants to go somewhere that Tintin is like, no, I'm gonna stay. Like, it would the It's the opposite that like happened a couple of times and then Haddock still turned up, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess it's. I guess it could be a cool reversal, but like it's not motivated through anything because Tintin's character just. I mean, and this is one of the things that all the critics, like even the ones that are like more kind to the book, they're gonna note that well, Tintin's character has changed uh, in this book. Uh, He's wearing different pants. (laughs) Also, he's driving a motorcycle. He has a helmet with a peace sign on it. He's doing oh God, yoga he at one point, uh, and he's not interested in 
taking part in the adventure, which could be an interesting like character change or change of pace. But then he still shows up and he's still there and the story still happens. Tintin isn't really doing anything because like the main thing that resolves everything is calculus drugging people without their consent. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, up until this point, I mean, throughout the whole Tintin series, like, Tintin doesn't really have a character. Like, he is just the person who's there, who does the necessary things for the plot to happen. Yeah. You know? Like, and in this, he's just, like, he's not even doing that. (laughs) Because it's like, whenever he shows up at the, like, prison mansion, initially you're like, oh, like, Tintin has come here to, like, rescue Haddock. Like, he's got a plan to get them out. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't. Like, it's just someone else has a plan to get them out as well. Fucking. Okay. Yeah, so that's one thing, right? That's one thing, Tintin's character. I guess we can just talk through, like, all... Because there's there's stuff to talk about. Um, I think it's interesting that you said that uh, you thought this is one of the earliest, because, like, aesthetically, the, the 70s are showing up here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I say I thought this was one of the... I thought that one yeah. when I was, like, 12. That that makes sense. But yeah, it is it is very like okay, one of the okay, the best thing in this book actually is those hippies that get off the plane. Yeah. I love those guys. <laughs> Fucking what is it he says? Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, we're the dripping tap. Like, we're here for the <laughs> carnival. Like, fucking Shaggy from Scooby Doo's here. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah, that was a good joke. Uh even though it's I don't know, it's I mean it's but it this this st- it's just like a lot of stuff that he already did in the last two books uh that kind of worked in those like Castafiore Emerald was like the first one where you could like actually feel the times changing with the whole mm. like TV setup stuff um mm-hmm. uh the but 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 in that one it worked really really well yeah cuz it had the great bit with like the calculus color tv stuff you know in this one there's in this one there is already a color tv like you can't see the time advancing but mm-hmm. i know it's a lot of the stuff that like shows a change of time because all the like early tintins you can't really put them in a time frame like when i read yeah. them i had no idea like when they were supposed to happen in this one having the having tintin's new pants obviously or <laughs> trousers if you wish uh the 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 helmet the hippies it all kind of dates it yeah in a way that's like i don't know it's not necessarily bad but it's interesting that it's uh i mean that it's there i guess it also i feel like the themes also kind of did it i mean i don't really know shit about like the revolutionary occurrences in the 60s and 70s Mm. Um, but I know they happened. Um, and the sort of the whole theme of this book is honestly very much like um, whenever you guys were talking about interesting times on Who Watches the mm. Watch, the theme is like, oh, like revolutions are are violent and violence is stupid and therefore revolutions are bad, yeah. sort of thing. Like it's less, it's less because in. Uh... In interesting times, uh, Rincewind does a speech about that out of nowhere. Uh, it's not quite as clear-cut here. Like, Angie said about this that uh, he was inspired by Fidel Castro and uh, and Che Guevara. And he mm-hmm. says, um, 
I obviously sympathize with Che Guevara, but at the same time I know terrible things are happening in Cuba. Nothing is black or white. So he's kind of trying to show about how, you know, uh, revolutions are good, but also violence can happen. And it, I guess it is, it does kind of show like a spirit of the times, like the, especially I guess as like a European observer, like the wars aren't happening to you. Yeah. You're just kind of observing it. And like at the same time where you live, there's like all these peace movements, uh, pacifist movements. And you're so just you're like, like, oh, well, why don't they just do the revolutions without killing anyone? Like that's what they yeah. should do they're gonna do that and they do it yep (laughs) but then they do it and it's still not good like the final panel of the book is like these two uh soldiers of like the overthrown government uh says viva alcazar and they're like patrolling and you can see like still see like these uh these poor people uh of the country that they're still suffering whereas um alcazar is just like basically like all the revolution did is that he's in a big castle now yeah, yeah. Um, because, like, earlier in the book, whenever they got to San Theodorus slash Tapiocopolis, there was, like, a picture of, again, the favela with the tapioca soldiers, like, marching through the favela. And then it's just this last one is like, oh, exactly the same favela, just different soldiers. Yep. Which is, like, I get it. Like, I get what Erge is trying to say. By this, yeah. Right? Uh, and it's a point that you can make. But I I don't think this comic makes the point well. Because like, we're still like... This is once again, like one thing that worked a lot better in the previous book than in this one was like when, when I talked about how we have this millionaire character along with it who is very clearly like an awful person but just happens to be... The heroes just happen to like be on his side or like uh, be on his side of the conflict, right? And it's like... It's, you know, it, it kind of shows, like, dismantles the way the allegiances work in these comics and the way, like, good and bad works. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it's... Because in that one, it kind of worked because it's, like, just, like, this one character, right? Yeah. In this one, where it's, like, the whole political cause that our heroes are helping with, and then in the end, when the heroes are already gone, we just see that, eh, didn't really change anything. Yeah. That was Tintin. That was the last book. <laughs> That's all you get. Haha. <laughs> it's like the whole like the whole ideology of this book is like the least amount of thought you can possibly put into like ah, we're doing revolution. Yeah. Yeah, it's like being political like being explicitly political in the least political way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just Okay, Hershey. Like you said in the you said in the last episode, right? Like if you want the like political intrigue of the blue lotus, you know you're not gonna get it uh, here, and that's fine. Uh, but in this one, I kind of wish he had picked more of a side or more like any, you know, just make any moral statement. Yeah, you know? like at all, other make, than alcohol at least, and violence. Are at bad. least make the heroes like. If at the end it shows that the revolution was no good, at least make the heroes be like. Uh, you suck or like they'd be like them i thought you alcazar was on the good side like say some like really pedantic thing about how the heroes are feeling about this like i just it just doesn't sit well with me that like tintin and the gang are just like completely unfazed by this You're like they go home and they're like great job alcazar <laughs> and then the book is like and everything was the same forever yeah so that's the politics uh i don't think there's a lot more meat on this bone because Erge like 
didn't put a lot in there. Like it's just very yeah. We're gonna have to break it open um, and suck the Mario out. And <sighs> actually, I do. I want to briefly mention that the Aaron Bias are here again as a joke. Yeah. Like that's all I have to yeah. say. Yeah, it picks up on. That's the other thing, right? It's a uh, continue. It goes back to the broken ear, um, and the racial sensibilities have changed. Have stayed exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> in the like forty years since he wrote that one, like, why is that? I get it. He saw the revolutions happening in Cuba and was like, okay, I have these characters I can go back to. But at the same time, come on, RJ, why are you doing this? Why do you? Why do you need to go back to the book that is second to last in our rankings? Yeah, because the funny Indians, haha, and like it's them, and then also the sort of back at it again with the completely like wild portrayal of how alcohol works. <laughs> in that, like, oh, there's these yeah. revolutionaries, and they see a bottle of whiskey, or like these like indigenous people, and they see a bottle of whiskey, and they have to immediately drink it. Like, this is so bonkers. Like, it's. Not to, I'm not handing it for to him for this, but at least I'll say it's not. I don't know, because it's. Not, I guess it's not an explicit infantilization of the of the native peoples, just because it works the same way with the revolutionaries, right? Like, but it, it, I guess he just suggests that human nature is that if you see bottle, you can't refuse drink alcohol. Yeah, because like he does. <laughs> He does have a bit where they first meet, they first kind of go into the jungle and they meet the fucking the white guy, what's his face, the explorer guy, Doctor Ridgewell, from before, yeah. and like he sort of introduces them. He's like, "Oh no, I'm afraid like the Arambayas are like drinking all the time. This is this is horrible." And like Calculus has a line where he says, "Oh, that's what civilization has done for those savages." Like so, the the moral clearly is trying to be like, oh, like, the white people introduced alcohol to this indigenous group and, like, has ruined them. Which I'm like, okay, I I get, again, I get where you're coming from. The, like, the least nuanced here, Hershey. Yeah. <laughs> because in the end, they're just, they're, like, depicted as, like, uh, silly savages who don't yeah. know better than to resist alcohol. And I guess, you know, the, the revolutionaries are, like, the silly revolutionaries who don't know better than to resist alcohol. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just it's, weird. Yeah, I hate I I hate the whole alcohol plot. Uh, I, the the bit of calculus always be being like giggling about how his secret drugging is working is so rancid. Uh, yeah. Like even you can, and you can be like he's he's like yeah it's completely plant based. Uh, it has no side effects. Uh, it just gives you like a bad taste for alcohol but still like i mean calculus has always been like this right like he's yeah. been the sort of asshole genius who's like i know better than everyone else and i'm going to do my inventions and they're going yeah. to go wrong somehow except this time they don't go wrong they sort of go right they save the day because there's the only way to cure people from alcoholism is by secretly giving them stuff that makes alcohol taste bad yeah i mean like Compared to the rest of this book, like the alpha, like Haddock Now Hates Alcohol plotline is honestly one of the most captivating parts of it. Yeah. Like every time he takes a sip of Loch Lomond whiskey and spits it out, I'm like, oh, okay. Something's happening. <laughs> Great. I guess in the final book, he's, because it's never resolved. Like he's never, ah, now I can drink whiskey again. 
Yeah, I guess now he... I guess his alcoholism has been cured for the final volume. Drink? Because it doesn't, like, wear off. Because like, he's just like that yeah. forever. Yeah. And, like, Tintin can't also drink any alcohol ever because he had the uh, no alcohol pills. Yep. Which, I mean, kind of sucks for him because he wasn't an alcoholic. He could have just had a nice beer. <laughs> he's had nice beers before. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Snowy uh, also eats the direct food, uh, so that plotline has been resolved, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have much more to say about that. Do you um, want to talk about Alcazar's funny wife? Jesus Christ. Erge, <laughs> what are you doing? Honestly, this is like so much that it loops back around to being funny for this, this is the worst character Erge has created. This like, really is like... Honestly, awful. She's like even even visually, she doesn't fit the rest of any of the Tintin comics. Like she just looks so out of place. Yeah. So this is like we get to the Picaro's camp, and this like woman who is ginger with rollers in her hair. Uh, she is smoking a cigar. She is wearing like these pink trousers and shirt. She's like kind of fat. Um and has like glasses and is always yelling like stalks up to Alcazar and is like oh you should we should have been home three days ago and just starts yelling at him mm-hmm. and like Alcazar's sort of explanation is like or Alcazar's response to her is always to be like oh yes my dove yes my dove I'll tell you what you say my dove um it's it's just you know classic ball and shin humor yeah and it just comes out of nowhere i you want to know want to know something sarah uh-huh. want to know something you want to know the insanely cursed origins of this character oh great let's go it's so bad i like if 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 you think this is inappropriate, like cut it out of, okay. the, of the episode. But it says here in Wikipedia, MJ also introduced a new character, Peggy Alcazar, whom he based upon the American secretary to a Ku Klux Klan spokesman whom RJ observed in a television documentary. Okay. I don't have anything to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> just... I don't think there's anything to say, but I don't think it's like <laughs> okay, okay, RJ. I guess you've been in a bad marriage. Yeah. For most of your life. Uh so you're you're gonna put in a wife as a, a bad wife character. Well, uh, as like the fucking second ever woman who's been quote unquote a yeah. character. Yeah, he's been he has RJ has miraculously dodged the bullet of being misogynist so far by not having like any women characters, so uh, yeah, just like yeah. with with the, the the least racist books are the ones with no black or brown characters. Yeah, he has he has he has dodged until so far, and now he comes out comes out with like, as you said, like the so over the top misogynistic character that it is like almost funny that this character exists. Like, yeah, this is I swear to God, this is a character that like you're not gonna. If you go to, if we if we go to the when we go to the Tintin Museum, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking lose my mind if we see Peggy Alcazar. There. We're gonna get the Peggy Alcazar merch. <laughs> okay, if there's Peggy Alcazar merch, like we should buy it though, because it's kind of funny. <laughs> okay, but what I was gonna say was that the, like the misogyny emanating from Peggy Alcazar, like even like infects Bianca Castafiore, because like. 
there is like a courtroom scene with her. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's been lobotomized. I, because it's like, you know, the Thompson twins are on the stand being like sentenced to death. But then like whenever like Castafiore like gets on the stand, she just doesn't seem to understand what's going on. She's just like, what did you say? Imprisonment for life? Oh, oh that's grotesque. And like, she doesn't seem to get it. And all yeah. she does in every panel of her is like powder her nose and look in a mirror at herself. And then at some point she just starts singing. And I, what the fuck is good? Like, why is Castafiore in this book? Why? <laughs> but it's not even like... I don't understand. It's not even that the gang goes to Tepioca land, whatever this fantasy South America place is. Um, it's not even that they go to South America to save Castafiore, right? Yeah. They go to South America because Castafiore is being held captive and now Haddock and Calculus and Tintin are also implicated in this alleged conspiracy. Uh, so they want them to like, Tapioca is like, defend your honor by coming here. So they, yeah. they're not like, it's not like Calculus affair, right? Like when, where they're like, oh, our friend has been kidnapped. Yeah. They have to save them. It's not that. So, so it's like, okay. It could have just been like, I don't know, they get implicated somehow. Uh, Castafira didn't need to be here. Uh, she's... It's weird to say she's been flanderized when it's like one book, right? Like it's just, mm. but yeah, she's been reduced to just the joke that she sings and it's annoying. Yeah. Um, which is a lot worse than like, she has been kind of a joke before, but like with surprising, like there was some depth to her character, right? Yeah. Or some nuance. She was like um, a person. <laughs> yeah. And it was about her being, like, a strong-willed woman, in a way. Or, like, someone who has, like, such a... Who commands the room so much that people just can't refuse her. In this one, she's, like, as you said, she's, like... Just completely oblivious. Like, that's not been her character so far. Yeah. She hasn't... I mean, she is, like, yes, vain and self-obsessed, but she has a brain cell. Yeah. Like... She is like remember in in the calculus affair where, where she's just like yeah completely understood the situation and like manipulated these two people so that yeah. like Tintin and Haddock are like get out of it like what what happened to that what, like who is like literally did she get lobotomized I well, what speaking of characters who uh-huh. get who don't get served well I mean this is a minor point but mm-hmm. the Thompsons are in this book and nothing that happens to them or they say is funny I know which is wild <laughs> like how Hershey how did you do this how although I gotta say it is pretty funny when they get accused of having grown their mustaches only to like blend in with the curvy tash supporters yeah. but that wasn't them doing that that was the thing the person accused them of so it doesn't yeah. count there's no slapstick. Like, there's no physical comedy with they them. They fall over, like, once. Yeah. No, but they don't have any injuries, right? Like, there's no... <laughs> yeah. They don't have matching bandages. What's the point? Remember the... I think I'm realizing the thing that is so off with this book. Mm. Uh, and it's... In the previous books, like, starting with... I don't know. With, like, the high period of uh, of, of Tintin... There's been this, like, great attention to detail, and it's not even stuff, like, in the background, right, that was drawn by his studio. But this stuff, like, 
once again, I have to bring up Calculus Affair, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the crystallization of like everything that's good about Tintin in a way. Mm-hmm. But stuff like the the sticking plaster bit in that book that just like yeah. this background detail that kept going for so long. Or, yeah, or like, the other thing in that book, the mustaches that were on everything that you, yeah. you blink and you don't notice. Uh, with and, the, and, with and the like plant even, in the last book even? Yeah. Yeah, like even in the last book, like the amazing ongoing bit about like the the injuries that Rastapopoulos was accumulating, right? Yeah. Like none of that is here. Like there's just there's just nothing goes beyond the surface level. Yeah. Which like a lot of the a lot of the panels are really crowded. Like there yeah, is. Yeah, because it's it's drawn with the same level of like detail, but it's just stuff is yeah. in there because yeah. Reasons. I think it was just a studio at this point, like. Yeah. Like I don't think RJ put like any effort into into this anymore. Like th- even the faces. Like there's no I'm just scrolling through it. No I b- barely notice any good faces which like Yeah. Although actually the one there was one panel that I really liked for panel transition which is where Tintin is like pointing at a mirror and being like, "Oh, this is probably like a two-way mirror." And then yeah, we cut to cool. like the camera behind it and he's doing the like Yu-Gi-Oh point finger angle. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's really effective." That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. There's one good visual in this book. Okay, there is another good visual in this book, which is on page 20 whenever um Haddock goes to the tobacconists to uh-huh. get smokes. Which is just the, the, the street scene of, like, the tobacconists. And then there's, like, 30 guards just, like, yeah. standing guard outside it so that he can, like, go by pipe. But even that, even this tales to, like, previous books crowded shots. Yeah. yeah. I'm remembering the funny, like, whenever that guy drove through a market in Calculus Affair. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, why did Pablo turn heel? I don't know. Again, there could be an explanation in the book, but like I just didn't have the willpower to like read it in depth or detail. I was waiting until the end to be like, oh, he did a double blind, or he was like actually on their sides all along. But nope, he's. I guess he just betrayed them, but he previously saved Tintin's life. But there's like no, there's no stuff like to to bring up our other favorite book, right? Like with the. <laughs> With the German scientist in the uh, Explorers on the Moon. moon? Uh-huh. Where he's like, well, he is, you know, he was the Among Us, but like, <laughs> because he is, he was like, blackmailed in his past, etc. Right? Mm. Nothing here with Pablo. Yeah, like, Tintin just like, doesn't kill Pablo, or doesn't like, imprison, it just like, lets him go because, because he's nice. Yeah. That's it. That's um, it. Oh my god, I do want to shout out Five Nights at Freddy's. Because Five Nights at Freddy's are here. Like, in the parade. <laughs> like, there's just... There they are. Those are the, the Five Nights. All five, five of them are here. I do yeah. like... This is this is one thing I will... I do... We're not saying that... I mean, the parade scenes are well drawn. Fucking uh, Snoopy is there as well. Holy shit. Yeah, that was the one thing I was going to shout out is the uh, blatant copyright infringement. Like yeah, Snoopy just... is here. Donald is here. Mickey is here at one point. Uh, like, just actual Mickey Mouse and actual yeah. Donald Duck. Yeah, oh. so that's... I respect that. Uh, yeah, um, we, you have to respect it. <laughs> yes, I'm just seeing there's like a big Groucho Marx hat here. Oh my god. There's the, there's the Burger King in the middle. <laughs> 
So it's kind of, but 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 for such a for one for for a thing like a carnival scene, which in a good story a carnival scene is gonna be like a central set piece, like the something that is supposed to be incredibly memorable because there's so much shenanigans you can stuff into it, so much like you know, who is hiding behind these masks, uh, and this one it just like kind of happens. I mean, it's still I do think it's still very memorable. Like yeah. again. This is one I mean, of the Tintins I've read the most. And yeah. I didn't remember any of the like initial like plot line of like implications and g- getting arrested and stuff, but I always very distinctly remember like the carnival scene where they dance their way into the the palace. I mean, it makes no sense, but yeah. it is a good visual, yeah. <laughs> it's the one visual that was that will stick in your mind because there's colors in it uh, and, you know, wacky stuff. I just wish it were better like it has it has a grain of something that could have been good yeah because it's the <laughs> bit where they they steal a parade float and they drive to like the state yeah. prison and then because the parade float is really tall whenever they arrive they're like leaning there's just like this big fucked up guy that is the parade float like leaning over the uh, like impound like wall and they're like in its mouth with guns, being like free, free our friends, the Thompsons. Like that is a very iconic visual, and I mm. always remember it. <laughs> but, like yeah, the, the... <laughs> there's one joke I actually liked. The like, uh-huh. one joke that I actually made me laugh out loud, and it's uh, it's the bit where uh, they're trying to explain something to Calculus, and he keeps mishearing that they're talking about his sister and then he's like why do you keep bringing up my sister and then when they're gone he's like wait a second they don't even have a sister yeah not the one good joke i, I mean i think there's some other joke i really like um <laughs> i do really like whenever castafiore keeps sending her pasta back because it's not cooked al dente yeah yeah that's like good. that's like even though that. it's funny lobotomized misogyny like i i, I like that joke or like there's but really... that seems more in character with uh, Castafiore. Yeah, like that's yeah, because she is she's a diva, she's demanding, she's Italian. Yeah. Those she's are Italian. the three things <laughs> that she is. Congratulations, Asia! You remembered one of her character traits, Italian. <laughs> yeah, so this book, um, it's it's got it all. It's got racism. It's got sexism. <laughs> it's got anti-Italian racism, <laughs> which is different from regular racism. It's got, I don't know, I just keep coming back to the sexism as I scroll through, because, like, the the reason why we're supposed to hate Peggy is because she turns Elkazar into a beta cuck. Yeah. Like, she's he like, has to do the dishes and wearing the... Like a little apron with frills on it. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, you cannot smoke in this castle. Who's going to pick up all the cigar stubs? Which is, of course, while she's being, like, really masculine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like her being, like, you don't do any of the housework. And it's like, we're supposed to hate her for, like, infringing on Akazar's masculinity. Yeah. Who is not a good guy? Like, <laughs> he really, he really... <laughs> well, it would be really funny if, like... Because, actually, there is, there is something here with whenever like we meet her and then like calculus is like really into her yeah um calculus is like wow what a woman so like i feel like it would be like a different thing if she like looks like this and she's this like stereotypical like ball and chain style wife image but then like calculus is really nice to her alcazar is just like a complete wife guy and like 
I don't know, maybe she's not portrayed as completely evil. Like, I don't think fucking... Yeah. But no, it's just, it's the same old shit that we've seen a million times before in yeah. like mid-20th century media. Yeah, it's weird to be disappointed by uh, by by this. It's just that it has not, like, this type of misogyny has not shown up in Tintin for like 20 books. So yeah. It's, it's jarring. Because it's been and no it women. just sucks to read. It's so... It just sucks to re- this. This stuff is like because you're just like, oh, I know this, I know this joke. Uh, it's the same old shit. Um, if if at least the jokes were good about her, right? Like if it were, you know, if it were misogynistic but still funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not. <sighs> is there anything else good in this book before we just like ditch it and throw it out? I don't think there's anything else I want to say about it. Oh, there's Honestly. one more thing, which is there yes. is a sequence of panels where Alcazar does like math women, and I'm trying to find them and I can't, and it's really annoying <laughs> me. Because like Tintin yeah. tells him like, oh, there's like a bus full of tourists and they've all got costumes. And oh here. yeah, I got it. It's uh, page fifty-two. Yeah, because it's like three panels of like Tintin being like dot 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 question mark question mark and then Alcazar going gears turning gears turning clack 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 tick 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 click which I'm now realizing is just a shit version of that one time that Haddock could have heard a cork pop. Yeah. Fuck, never mind. This <laughs> Alcazar is I will say this about I, I actually do have more to say. Oh uh, well Alcazar I've thrown the book the across biggest. the room, so I better not need to look at it. Oh you don't you don't need to look at it, it's just a general stuff. Alcazar is the biggest disappointment to me on this on this reread because I remember liking him originally when I read yeah. the book, books as a kid. He was this like character who's like, oh, he's he's neither good nor bad. He's like kind of insane but also kind of cool. Like he's revolutionary leader, but he's also had a whole arc. Sometimes has these like fits of violence. Yeah. And rereading these, like all the books he's in, are the worst ones. Yeah, because like it, it was interesting how he was like, oh, he used to be a revolutionary leader, yeah. and now he's like a knife thrower. Yeah, but like he's a knife thrower who's trying to buy arms so that he can go and like take back his country. Yeah, and then we and get also to that is part. employing a employing the evil Native American. Like, oh yeah, and then we yeah we sort of get to like a culmination of his story, and it's like, oh no, it's he's just bad. It's just yeah, this was like this was supposed to be the Alcazar's big moment like now he's maybe a changed guy or now he's but no he well, is, he is a, a changed way. guy yeah because he got married am i right fellas Ugh. when you have a wife i just i just i just think it'd be funny to see like genuine like modern sensibility style wife guy alcazar yeah um okay uh i would give this at most like a two out of five think it's a one for me i think it's a one and okay if uh, one but i think it would go above cigars of the pharaoh i think i enjoyed cigars of the pharaoh more like this is probably technically a better book but cigars of the pharaoh had like tintin beat up the tiger and stuff oh yeah fuck yeah let's go uh it is above broken ear though because that was more racist well Uh, yeah it's like i think exactly the same racism is here but broken ear just has like one more page of it yeah it's yeah, uh, it's 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 just slightly above the incredibly racist ones, which is <laughs> very famous. It's like praise. I'm not even. It's like I'm not mad because it's like we we've become used to the 
bad hashtag racism. Like, yeah. is is Crab with Golden Claws the one where Tintin did blackface? No, that's Broken Ear. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So, but it's like Crab with the Golden Claws did have some really bad like anti-Arab racism. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's like I feel like we've gotten used to the racism. We kind of know it's deal. We're just like, okay, hashtag again. Like you're being like oh these funny africans these funny like arab like okay whatever we're kind of used to that we know to expect it but like at this point it's like it's the last book in the series and it's just bad like i'm just disappointed yeah it's like i i never have any expectations that hershey is gonna not be racist (laughs) at this point (laughs) yeah and i mean look i think it's if a, if a story has gone on for really long, or if a series has gone on for really long, it's to be expected that the late issues are gonna slack off. It's So in that way, it's not, like, surprising. Yeah. Um, it's What is surprising to me is that the previous two ones were, like, even though they were, like, notedly different. They were weird. They were weird. They were quirky. They weren't like other girls. Yeah. They were fun. Yeah. Like they yeah. they had they had really good jokes in them. It's, and it was like a it was like a change Tintin, but it was still like it was it was like an author grappling with uh, or not even grappling, but like not really being interested in the type of story he told before, but still enjoying telling a different type of story, right? Mm. In this one, I just it just doesn't feel like he enjoyed any bit of the process. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is the kind of, if you reach this point, you need to just give Tintin to someone else, and then you just stick doing your little paintings Yeah. that you actually like doing. I mean, you don't have to give Tintin to anyone. You can just end it. Like, you can... Kill him. It says, I mean, it's, it's, it says in the Wikipedia, this is the only completed Tintin book in the final 15 years of Hergé's life. Yeah. This is, this is the Winds of Winter of Tintin. No! <laughs> <laughs> the winter winter comes out and it's like... I mean, like listen, not, not, that, that is the vibe I get from like everything George R. R. Martin says in his little blogs. He's like, yeah, I guess I'll do the winds of winter. That's yeah. the one you want, right? I don't want to do it, but you guys yeah. seem to want it. I mean, it is a, it is a bit we have going on Azo Bab that what if the winds of winter will be bad? <laughs> Because everyone hey, always wanna, talks okay, about. Okay, you want to make a bet? Because I'll bet that it's going to be bad. <laughs> I think it's going to be good. Okay, you want to put a tenner on it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't believe strong. I hope nobody from my other podcast is listening to this because I don't <laughs> believe strong enough that the winds of winter will come out eventually. Yeah, I mean, like it- I would like it. Uh, it would give us, like, another year of podcasting. Um, See, I'm like that with uh, Patrick Roth versus Doors of Stone. But I'm just <laughs> praying that it never comes out, hoping. I don't think it's going to ever come like, out. I'm also reasonably confident, but, There's like... no way he's... I have, like, a 5% fear that it'll happen. I don't happen, think... You know? I genuinely I genuinely think Patrick Rothfuss has written... Like, he has written so much less than George R. R. Martin has written for From the Winds of Winter. Like, I think George has... A lot of stuff written that he just doesn't know how to put them together. I think Pat is just like playing D and D and doing Twitch streams, and that's being a misogynist. Being a misogynist, writing about much like Hershey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I did, weird, the Winds of Winter did come. Not the Winds of Winter. The, I 
the fact that both of them have wind in their title is gonna fuck me up. It's fucking me up all the time. Wait, what? El- what else has wind in it? The name of the wind. Oh yeah. Oh right. Okay. I'm gonna say the name of the winter has come up like weirdly <laughs> a lot in my name life of the recently. winter, like from from Roy. The name of the winter. The name of the wind. I'm. F- my brain is falling apart. Yeah. Well, this is what this is what Tita and Picaros has done to me. I was just gonna say the name of the wind has come up a lot, like recently because my roommate is like yeah it's one of my favorite fantasy books and then like some rip visitors were here were here and they were also like yeah well i love, I love the name of the wind why don't you and i was like oh i hate that book and, and, and i uh, i wasn't i wasn't gonna be like listen to like eight hours of this podcast where you'll know why i don't like it yeah but i also don't remember enough about it to to like actually restate my points because it's really like oh my god it's stuck so little that's me with fucking like attack on titan whenever like people come to our house and they see that there's like a bunch of anime girls and they're like oh anime like attack on titan the series that i love and i'm like i i i hate it but like i've like erased as much of it from my brain as possible so i can't tell you why it's bad it sucks though right because 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 they're because people are always like well uh do you like fantasy books i'm like yeah it's like what I read most of the time. I'm gonna be like, do you like the name of the way? Yeah. I'm having that with, there's like, I think there's someone in like, uh, Pog Discord who started reading Wheel of Time and they're just like, uh-huh. oh my god, this really sucks. This is like so sexist. This is like so weirdly written. And I'm like, oh my god, like, yeah, yeah, you're so right, bestie. Like everything, everything, there's all their criticisms. I'm like, yes, I 100% agree. I hate Robert Jordan. And then they're like, should I start reading? And I'm like, no, keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't even say it gets better because it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> I've just been Stockholm syndrome by a book series. Yeah, the wheel of the time came up a few times too, but it was people who were just like, "Yeah, I, I heard of the TV show." Mm-hmm. I'm really glad the TV show <laughs> came nobody out. Nobody has read the book because I can tell people to watch it and not read the books. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the only I'm looking at the rankings here. Yeah, I've been looking at these rankings the whole time. I would like to downgrade Seven Crystal Balls for its association with yes. the most racist book. I agree. Um, what and put it down to that? like at, we have it at number nine. Yeah, so it's five out of five. Definitely not a five out of five anymore. Yeah, three out of five, two out of five. I think. Okay, let's look at let's look at our rankings. You know what? Give me just one second. I'm gonna go into the other room and get all of the Tintin volumes, which I now own in physical okay. form. Which is, side note, something that I wanted to kind of achieve through this podcast, except now I've finished all the Tintin volumes and I'm like, mm, I don't know if people should read these. <laughs> I've retrieved all of the Tintins. Great. Oh my god, I've put them in chronological order. Ah, broken ear. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, Black Island. Okay, Black Island had Tintin in a kilt. Yeah. Oh, it was the one. It had interesting modifications. It had like a fight scene. It had the fire engine. It had the funny Thompson twins drive a plane sequence. Okay, this was really good. It had really good Highland yeah. scenes. I think it's better than Red Rackham's Treasure for sure. Yeah, it had the like Lupin the Third money counterfeiting bit, and then Red Rackham's Treasure. I mean, Red Dragon's Treasure does, like, conclude The Secret of the Unicorn, which sort yeah, of but brings it up. But, like... It's not a re- It doesn't have the same... Like, 
the ending is good. I think when they get back to the back to uh, to Marlin Spike. Yeah, it it sort of uh, wraps everything up. But nicely. it kind of I think it kind of drags when they're on sea. Uh, and it's just it does drag when they're on sea. I mean, the shark just is sea nice. hashings and the, the shark is nice, but they do kill a shark. Yeah, the Thompsons get no funny reason. outfits, which is also nice. That's good. Um, the, the Thompson bits are good in that. Uh, but yeah, I, I would I would put I would agree with putting Black Island above this. Yeah, how do you feel about the top three? I think Calculus Affair, Explorers in the Moon, Tintin and Tibet. I think I want to put Land of Black Gold at three and Tintin and Tibet at four. Really. Elaborate on that. I don't know. Because Tintin and Tibet was a four and a half stars, as you said. Yeah. But the good bits are really good, though. Like, when I was really listening to that episode, I was like, yeah, I remember why we love this so much. So, I could go back and forth on that. But Land of Black Goat has, like, the best Thompson, Thompson bits in all of them. And it has Abdullah. <laughs> it does have Abdullah. And, like, for, for Tintin and Tibet being the one about Chang, like, Chang's yeah. not in it until, like, the last page. Yeah. Um... The Yeti is in it though, and it's a really good Yeti. Oh, he's a but really it has, good. I think it I has think... I, some of the like Haddock racist bits are like too much. Yeah, it has. It is quite fun. Oh my god, I just I just flicked open the page where he makes a funny face at the like Tibetan children because they stick That's their good. tongues out at him. Um, I mean, yeah, because Tintin in Tibet is like the, so the the last book where Hergé had a thing he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know. If you want to make an argument for it to stay on three, I can agree to that. Like, I think it's it's very good. Uh, I feel like it I de- just... honest, like, part of why I think it deserves to be on three yeah. is because it has, like, emotional significance in the Tintin canon that I think lends it a little bit of, like, yeah. weight. Even if maybe... <laughs> I mean, I guess Land of Black Gold, part of the thing that we really liked and that made it good is, like, it's backstory and like reading the wiki for it yeah and like but like as itself without that i don't think it's as strong like it does have a little bit of that like herge wrote plot mm-hmm. whereas land of black gold is or sorry whereas tintin into bed i think is a bit more interesting than yeah than land of black gold like as a plot like it's something that herge hasn't really done before yeah um, that's whereas true. this is the exact same as Cigars of the Pharaoh, the exact same as like Crabwinkle the Claws. Yeah, uh, Tintin is in the good. desert, and there's some brown people who are probably sort of the antagonists, except one of them's an evil child, and we love him. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that 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 works for me. I like, I like, Land of Black Gods four, Secret of the Unicorn at five. Um, I think yeah, Secret of the Unicorn just has this thing for me where it's like the most well-known story out of all of them, or the most like it's mm. the iconic one, so I want to. But I think at number five it works. Yeah, I mean, I have that that contrarian thing where because Secret of the yeah. Unicorn is the one that everyone knows and everyone says is the best Tintin book, I don't want to put it at number one. I put I want to put it like somewhere in the middle and be like, mm, well, actually, there's better Tintins you could read. Yeah, I I agree on that. <sighs> Do we like the Blue Lotus more though than Secret of the Unicorn? Um, I Blue Lotus is one that I don't have here. Blue Lotus, <sighs> Blue Lotus again has some like it does have the very very interesting uh japanese invasion of yeah. china in 1937 plotline just like put into it um and like the the interesting stuff where hershey is like racism is bad actually the, yeah. the people of china are more like ourselves than you think haha isn't this think, cool kids but i think that's what makes 
I think Blue Lotus almost gets more interesting after having finished all of the Tintins, because he really never does that does that thing again that he did in that one. Like, yeah, like, that's the only time he like actually like, you know, the scene the scene where it was like the actual like an actual event that happened where they like faked blowing up a train. Because uh, Blue Lotus has a thing where it was co-written by his friend Jai. Yeah. So yeah, I think it it deserves to be where it is at number six yeah okay i because i was i was suggesting maybe but secret of the unicorn is still really good though like i don't know i think it's i think it's a respectable number five for it uh yeah i was considering putting blue lotus at five and unicorn at six but i don't know i can go either way i mean i don't know that the like actual plot of blue lotus yeah, itself is the most interesting secret like of the it... unicorn has a better plot but it's also just but also out of the out of the two parters uh it's uh, it's the one where the weaker second half, like compared to compared to seven crystal balls, the the second half being not as good as the first half doesn't really drag it down. Like Secret of the Unicorn yeah. does stand really well on its own. I think so yeah, Red Rackham's Treasure is you know we put it at a four to five. It's still good enough, and it wraps up like the end of Red Rackham's Treasure is also the end of Secret of the Unicorn, and the end of Red Rackham's Treasure is sort of the best thing about it. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. So we have Blue Lotus at six, and then we have seven, eight, nine. We have Flight Seven Fourteen to Sydney, Castle Fury Emerald, hey, and the Black Island. Why did Island. we put uh, Flight Seven One Four above Castle Fury Emerald? I was gonna say the exact same thing. We like, gotta change that. I, I'm sure, I'm sure we made sense at the time, but like, mm. no, Castle Fury Emerald is the better version of Flight Seven. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then to Black Island, just below that, feels right. Yeah. Does it? I almost want to put the Black Island above Flight 714. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that. Let me let me just flick through Flight 714 again. It I had mean, funny bits. I think I think because it's one of the books that It does gets, confirm that aliens are real. Yeah. I almost think we only put site Flight 714 so high out of contrarian reasons, but uh Yeah. But in this case I don't really stand by it. Why the f- like, fuck can't I copy paste stuff? Here? Apart from the like the fact that it reveals that aliens are real and have been real the whole time but that Snowy knows about the aliens, like that is a lot, but it doesn't make the whole thing good. Yeah. What if it went between King Otokar's Scepter and Destination Moon? Because that means that Flight Seven One Four, Destination Moon, and the Shooting Star are all together and those are all space things. Uh-huh. Which is a respectable place for I think Place number 11 for the last one that we actually enjoyed. Yeah. Should we do our final official roundup and reading? Okay. Okay. Starting should at we the bottom. Just, should, we, should we alternate? Hang on a second. Okay. I've got 21 here. I swear there's... But I've got 21 here, including an extra version of the shooting star. Oh, right. It's because we didn't bother covering Tinted in America. Yes. Or the land of the Soviets, or the Congo, which we're not going to fucking do because fuck that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> at number twenty-one, with several asterisks beside it, is the Shooting Star, its original version in its original context, which is the most anti-Semitic <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it's pretty bad. Like explicit anti-Jewish propaganda that Hershey was actively writing for the Nazis, basically. So that's that's gonna go at the bottom enough to uh-huh. say. But at number twenty, we have Prisoners of the Sun. Horribly colonialist, horribly racist. Uh, it ends with Tintin explaining to God the the. Uh, 
this indigenous person that the scientists that were stealing their treasures only did it to like make them more well known and for scientific reasons yeah actually you should let which is the which is the most hateful thing that happens in a tintin book yeah you should just let white people take your stuff because that's good actually (sighs) and then moving on up to similar themes we have 19 the broken ear i think we give that one out of five because it did have at least one good joke in it yeah i mean i I don't think we can give it less than one right did we give anyone like half star I give Prisoners of the Sun zero out of five. Okay, I I never know if zero is a valid thing that you can rate something or not. It's our um, podcast; we can do what we want. That's true. Yeah, Broken Ear just sucks. It has to do blackface. Um, the one good thing is when the villains go straight to hell, and there's like little drawings of them as devils. This is the one that had the Alcazar faces where they were playing chess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was the other good bit. Yeah. And where Tintin did lightning teleportation. That was good too. God, I'm looking Look, at this. it has some good bits, but the bad bits are so, so, so yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early Tintin is so weird to look at. Like, it is. He just looks funny. I, for- I forgot what it was like. Like, we've been doing this for so long. I know. And it's so, like, there's, like, nothing in the backgrounds. And you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, at number 18, we have Tintin and the Picaros. We talked about it today. You know it. Yeah, we know that. 17 Cigars of the Pharaoh. That's the first one we read. Yeah, it's, it's just a mess of a narrative. Yeah. Doesn't really have a narrative. He came up with, new, with a new thing every page, uh, every week. Yeah, um, some pretty bad Orientalism in it. Although it's it's almost so so naive in its Orientalism that it doesn't it doesn't make you like it's not as actively offensive as some of the other stuff we have. It is just it's like, like a, he's not a very like unconsidered Orientalism, I would say, right? Because Cigars of the Pharaoh, it's not like in, say, Prisoners of the Sun or Broken Ear, where Hergé is actively, like, working to put Orientalist shit into his books. It's just that Cigars of the Pharaoh, he's, like, drawing on old adventure tropes that he's never thought about, like, where they come from. Because why would he? (laughs) It's, like, 1936 or whatever. Yeah. At 16, we have the Crab with the Golden Claws. There's some good stuff in this one. Is that oh, is that the one where ha- Haddock like attacks yes. a whole group of? Yes. Yeah. It's the introduction of Haddock, and it's a really mixed bag. Uh, but oh yeah, it's sometimes awful. Sometimes he's already he's just a completely different character still. It just sucks that Haddock's introduction. Hergé was like, "Here's a guy for you to like hate." Yeah. And then he was like, "Oh, actually, I want to keep him. I'm going to make." He's just a good. really pathetic guy. Yeah. Ah, uh, then at 15 we have Red Sea Sharks. So this, of course, uh, introduces uh, the fan-favorite character of... Scoot. 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 I was hoping I remember his name by the time I finished that sentence. <laughs> I mean, how could you forget? He's so memorable. We all love Scoot. Yeah. Red Sea Sharks, just like a nothing book. Yeah. This feels like the origin of Hergé being like, actually, I don't know that I want to do Tintin anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then doing Tinted in Tibet, Casafira Emerald and Fight Flight 714 before yeah. being like, nah. nah. Like there's nothing in me anymore. Yeah. He's it's yeah, he's really squeezing out the last drops of creativity out of his uh out of his brain at this point. Yeah, Red Sea Sharks just had like the thing where he I mean that's it, it is beginning the late 
period of Tintin also in a way that it's where he starts bringing back every character and it's always yeah. diminishing returns. Yeah. With the exception of Flight 714. Just like bringing back every character be like, right, what can we get out of this one now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at number 14, we have The Seven Crystal Balls, a book that would be great if it wasn't the setup to the worst book in the series. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, on its own, the suspense is great. Uh, mystery is great. The mystery is great. Uh, until we find out what the solution to it is, and it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just... It, it ends on a cliffhanger if it, you know, and the resolution to it is so bad that, unfortunately, as much as we really, really enjoyed it when we read it, it's really uh, marred by uh, how much of of it depends on the payoff that is that is lacking. <laughs> Yep, more than lacking, actively yep. draining. And then at 13, we have the Shooting Star, the version of it that is published today, which is just like a funny, weird little adventure. Yeah, if you don't um, notice the anti-Semitic undertones, you know, which yeah. it's pretty easy to not notice uh, it really is. For, like, for current day readers. I've really never noticed. Yeah. And now I read it, and I'm like, oh, I I can see it now. Oops. Yeah, it has it has this really good like opening sequence uh, where the professor is like, it's the end of the world. Uh, oh yeah, the, all the doomer stuff. Coming and everyone is. That is that is like un, from the atmosphere. That's something that Ajay has like never recreated ever since. And then of course it has the really memorable ending when Tintin is on that uh, on on the, the asteroid, asteroid yeah. and there's like the mushrooms growing out the giant spiders uh, and the middle is fine <laughs> yeah the middle has some like decent enough okay bits yeah if you it don't is, notice the anti-semitism it is the first time that Haddock is a is a good character though cause... yeah yeah I should get some credit for that yeah oh is this one of the ones where the Thompsons get to wear silly little outfits I think they don't come along for this one. I'm actually not sure. See, I'm seeing a boat sequence, and when I see boat yeah. sequence, I, I, there's one thing I want out of it, which is Little Thompson in their yeah. pin-up outfits. Um, at 12, we have Destination Moon, which is uh, the weaker first part of the of the Moon story. Uh, a lot of the sci-fi stuff is pretty dry. Yeah, it's like interesting uh, in itself yeah. for being Hershey's like attempt at hard sci-fi, an attempt to like explain nuclear physics to like a child audience, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, which he isn't particularly good at, but I like to see him try. Yeah. However, we we have to shout out how amazing the ending of that book is with the oh yeah uh, with the sequence where the uh, moon rocket is like leaving off, and we're like. Our, will our heroes even survive? Like it's 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 really yeah. stressful in like a good way. Yeah, like, yeah. This it shows the the like anxiety of the space race in uh, in a way that I don't think was even there like in real life because you wrote it like fifteen years before someone actually went to the moon. Yeah, yeah. I, I really cause, actually one of the things I really liked about Flight Seven One Four is that the reason that they're on the flight is to go to a space conference because they were the first men on the moon. And it's yeah. like, I never yeah, really I considered, I'm like, that. oh my God, like in the Tintin universe, like they are the fucking Neil Armstrong of the world. Yeah. yeah, and that must have been written like at a point where like people have actually been on the, yeah, Flight 714 was written in 1968. So it was like, even if yeah. 
it was still a year before the actual moon landing, but it has been in the talks again. So I guess yeah. I just remembered or yeah, a short. Fucking the absolute disgrace of um, Tintin and the Picaros being the only Tintin book like released post moon landings and not yeah. a, not a not just nothing. Come on, yeah. No relevance. At yeah. um, number 11, we have Flight 714 to Sydney, which we just yeah. talked about. We are now firmly in the territory of, like... These are pretty good. Good Tintin books. Like, yeah, with, with these ones, the gripes we have are gonna be minor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, again, Flight 714, kind of a mid-book, but gets a lot of points for funny slapstick and then just aliens being real in it. Like, it's great. Yeah. Uh, at number ten, we have King Otokai Scepter. Um, I'm gonna be real. I'm. I've just forgotten everything I know about King Otokai Scepter. It's the introduction of Sedavia and Borduria. Uh, it's the introduction of Castafiore. It um, is the introduction of Castafiore. <laughs> it's like a. It's a. It's a. It's a really solid adventure. I think it's the last. Uh, it's the last pre-Haddock book. Um, yeah, it's like a and... well-written mystery. Yeah. It has it has the bits where it has like the really good investigation bits uh, where it's like where did we throw this out of the window? How did they you know get rid of the scepter? It has it is some, some like the scepter stuff is like ju- just some really solid like MacGuffin stuff. I mean, unfortunately, it does feature Tintin being like pro monarchy, but like yeah, listen, he's done worse. But it also has uh, Snowy saving the day. So <gasps> yes, yes, and again, like the redraws have some really good like background panels yeah oh it also has uh has that great scene where uh where snowy is like uh do i take the bone or do i take the scepter yeah um number nine red rackham's treasure this one's good it's it's good it's 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 good that's that's all uh yeah at number eight we have black island which has the gorilla uh it has the thompsons doing 9-11 shit (laughs) I just, I just. Uh, it has Tintin where I killed. Does so. the Discord version of our rankings have that the Black Island is rated at nine out of eleven? Because <laughs> it has out that of my document. That's pretty good. Uh, and then one above that, we have Castafiore Emerald at five out of five. This is our first one that we gave five out of yeah. five. What a what a fun book! Just uh, I'm glad I'm glad we bumped it up a few places because because. Castafiore Emerald is like the good version of Hershey not giving a shit. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean he he gave himself a fun exercise uh by like you know, him not caring about Tintin anymore, so he's like, okay, what if I write like this straight up comedy book? Yeah. I'm like I'm starting to feel like because out of all the ones that we've talked about, the ones that we like most are where or so far is just when he does something new or yeah. different. And, like, the ones that suck are just the ones that are stale and yeah. rote and repetitive. Yeah, yeah, this is just, I don't know, it has just so many creative bits. Like, the color TV bit, the all the fake-outs are so good. Like <laughs> the, the fact ways, that it was a bird all along. The fact that it was a bird all along. But, but, but just the way that, like, everyone is sus. Like, there's, there's just, like, so many, so many bits where it's like, oh, it's going to be this person. Nope, it's not that. Yeah. Uh, and then we have at number six the Blue Lotus, Blue the first Lotus. good one. <laughs> the the first the first one that wasn't completely written by Hershey. Yeah. So did we ever get a conclusion to the uh, Zhang Chongren storyline, like from real life? 
like they did meet up again. Uh, it didn't because because his last books were like spaced out so much that I guess his life events influenced them less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm happy for them. Um, at number five we have Secret of the Unicorn. You know it, you love it. So does Steven Spielberg, and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think we have a lot to add about this one. It's just such a classic. It's it is cool that it's the first time he centers a story around a character. In this case, around Heather, right, and around his family backstory. Yeah. Which is completely new. And like the first time that he doesn't do a shitload of traveling. Yeah. As well. I actually, I just, um, <laughs> I was listening or watching, because I've recently gotten into Our Flag Means Death, like everyone mm. else, and I was, like, watching some, like, just putting, put on some, like, interviews for it on YouTube, and it had, like, they asked a question to your man, uh, Reese Darby, mm. and they were like, oh, like, what's, who's your, like, favorite fictional pirate? And he said Captain Haddock. He's not a and pirate. And I just want to say, he's not a pirate. <laughs> He's not a fucking pirate. Do you think he was thinking of like his ancestor? I I have to Francis Haddock. I have to believe that. But he also wasn't a pirate. I think he's a, it sounds like he's a fake fan. He Reese Darby fake Tintin fan. No offense to Reese Darby. Like I, I full offense in, to Reese Darby. He's so good in uh fucking Flight of the Conquerors and uh and what's the vampire movie? What we do, what in, we do in the shadows. shadows? so yeah. funny in that. I have watched two episodes of Our Flag Means Death and I really disliked the second, second episode and I didn't have the energy to keep going. I heard it gets better, but... Yeah, I was going to say the third episode is where it gets good because Dr. Okay. Waititi's here. <laughs> but, like, fair enough. I can't fault you that. Yeah. Um, uh, at number four, we have Land of Black Gold. Abdul is there. What more do you need? Yeah, it has our little bo- our special boy. He's And also... Still the best character she has created, hands down. Yeah, cannot top him. What if, like, we just erase Tintin from Tintin, you know, Garfield minus Garfield uh-huh. style, and we just put up Julian there instead? <laughs> and he's in there twice in Land of Black Gold, because sure. why not? Let's go. I was just, like, spacing out while you were saying it and imagining, like, Garfield being there somehow, <laughs> like, instead of Tintin. Like, we take we take Garfield out of Garfield and put Tintin in and... Uh, <laughs> put put him into Tintin instead. Like an exchange. Yeah. Oh, great. At <laughs> number three, you know, we're we're getting we're stepping onto the Olympic podiums, getting the yes. bronze medal of Tintin. We have Tintin in Tibet. He's there. He's in Tibet. Yeah, it's. I think it's it's the only one of the top three that has like flaws in it. Yeah. Um, but like, despite its like minor flaws, it is iconic it is beautiful it is actually emotional yeah it's the it's one of the very it's the only one where like tintin's character maybe besides blue lotus where tintin's character actually matters like his and his feelings his emotions yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) if tintin had feelings would that be fucked up or what wow and then at number two we have explorers on the moon uh just (sighs) what a fantastic story oh my god Thinking All the about, moon visuals. Oh, ugh, thinking about the, the rocket drawings and the vast yeah. enormity of space. The goofy shit where they have to turn the rocket in air. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my God. Fucking amazing. And then it has like the rare, like really dark turn where a character like commits space suicide for Catholic reasons. Yeah, which was censored in the four <laughs> kids version. 
Tintin Great explorers stuff. on the moon are like Tintin in Tibet. Um, it kind of made me realize that one of the sort of themes that I see in Tintin is just like man versus the like sublime, vast nature of like the world. Mm. And like so much of Tintin is about exploration, often in a very colonial, racist way. But sometimes in just like that sublime, romantic, beautiful way where like nature is huge and can kill you, but is really beautiful. And I'm going to do this awesome drawing of a rocket in the boat and then past. Oh, yeah. Really good. Yeah, they really complement each other in that way. Like space and snow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what what's our number one book? It's Calculus Affair. Yeah, this this one just everything is right. Like the, we were debating a lot which one we put at at number one originally. But like, since we since we went on and kept reading the other books, and I was like thinking back to Tintin every once in a while, it just feels so right. Like there's just everything that's good about Tintin, right, is in this book. It's I think uh, again one of Calculus Affairs' strengths is that there's really there's really no missteps in it in the way that there are so often in other ones. Yeah. Um, which helps that there's, you know, it's pretty much only white people and men, so there's not <laughs> as much room for missteps from our friend Hergé. Yeah. But just the plot of it is perfectly executed. It is the comedy in it. The jokes are so good. The action is so good. Like this is we didn't even mention it in this book, but like remember how good Hergé's action scenes used to be. Like in this one, it's just nothing. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, but like back in Calculus Affair, like that's where they peaked. Yeah. Like the there was the, the like tank chase at the end. Yeah. The the Italian car man. Uh, yeah. Team, like driving through the marketplace. Uh, just. And it's like I don't know that because obviously like Explorers on in the Moon has like the standout stuff of this it being on the moon. Tintin in Tibet has the standout stuff or like. All the books they have like a one particular thing that stands yeah. out about them, but I think Calculus Affair just like as a whole, yeah, it just works. It just works. It's just a good comic, like, and it's it's a good book that stands on its own and doesn't, you know, you don't need to know anything about Tintin. Uh, you don't mm. need to have written any of the previous book uh, or read any of the previous books to understand it. Uh, it just, yeah, it just, it just, just works on its own. Yeah, and like I feel like people could look at our rankings and be like, "Why the fuck have you put Calculus Affair first? Like, what's even in that one?" But then, like, j- just read it. Like, you'll yeah. see. <laughs> just read it. I don't think anyone would get upset at Calculus Affair at number one. Like, listen, I'm just preempting people. Yeah. <laughs> don't add us, or you can add us at Tintin Podcast. Tintin underscore podcast. Yeah, yeah, you could come complain to us there. I wonder if there's a Tintin pod. There, uh, probably there is a Tintin podcast one that is like defunct. Oh, yeah, because we are the only currently active Tintin podcast on the internet. Yeah, there is a there is an at Tintin podcast account that hasn't been active since 2014. Well, did they finish the books? I don't know, and I'm not going to check. But we did. <laughs> we finished the books. <sighs> it was a bad one to go out, but I, I'm glad we went over the ranking again because this gave yeah, us the yeah. chance to remember all our favorite bits. I feel. We much better the... about Tintin than I did when I read this book. Yeah, when I finished this, I was like, fuck this podcast. I wish I'd never done it. But now? No. Yeah. Was... Uh, well, this was the last 
Tintin book, but as we hinted, it's not the last episode of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We need to, to like, go over some good media. We need to... Yeah. Like, yeah, like, the Spielberg movie is has been mentioned by, like, so many of our guests that it feels like if we're just going to cover one thing, that that should be the one to do. I think so. And also, we just, we we want to, so... I don't want to do watch that. any of the weird French ones where he's, like, played by a guy. I don't care about that. Yeah. And like then all, might... the thing is, all the, like, other Tintin movies, uh, like, well, there's the cartoon series, but it's just basically, like, straight-up adaptations of it. And then there's, like, some of the other Tintin movies are just, like, completely made-up stories. Like, they're not based on any of the actual Tintin books. So I think the Spielberg movie is going to give us a good chance of something that is, like, loosely based on Secret of the Unicorn, but also has departures. So that's mm-hmm. going to be enough to talk about there. <sighs> well, Janosch, Um first of all, do you have any more new podcasting projects you started no. in the last week? I'm good. Just thought I'd check. Yeah. Um, yeah, me neither. Um, you can find us in the description at Tintin underscore podcast, and uh, you should, and we never fucking say this, but you should uh, rate and recommend this podcast to your friends. Please. Give us five stars. Give us a little review. Yeah, yeah. We give so many books five stars. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's what you should give us. Much like the Blue Lotus. Uh... Give us five stars. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of how to end the podcast. Oh, okay. Do you want to do you want to list all the five stars ones or what? No, I wasn't gonna do it. Okay. Um if 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 we don't have anything, I'm simply gonna take the high road. Well and then I take the low. Haha!